Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, begins a new series with a message titled, Do Greater Things. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen, amen. Can we welcome our campuses? Give them a big hand. South Shore Plant City. Come on, Tampa. Let's do it up. What's up, you guys? Today, we're, uh, the message is God's called us to do greater things. Amen? He, he's called you. He's called me to do greater things. We're in a new series. I want to first reference uh, a guy who was pretty great, uh, MJ. If, if, you don't, if you don't know that shortened abbreviation, this is the guy who uh, defied gravity, Michael Jordan. All right, yeah. Michael is, come on, let's give it up for Michael. Let's give it up for MJ. And um, I'm going to start a fight here, but he is the best player who ever played basketball. He's, he is, he is, he is. Some of you are like, no, we'll talk after service. Love you. Uh, um, he, he's the best. I, a lot of people don't know, though, he did not make his high school varsity basketball team. Did you know that? As a sophomore, he tried out and, and he, didn't, he didn't make the, the varsity team. And he said to himself at that point, he said, I'm going to devote my life to this game. And then he became a transcendent figure in the game. Transcendent. And so I want to pray as an opener and just say, God wants to do great things in your life. Let's not hold him back, right? God's got great things for you. He's got great things for your family. He's got great things for your heritage. And as we start out today, I know that some of you are thinking, you don't know my life. And I know I don't know your life, but I know Jesus knows your life. And I know, and yeah, hallelujah. And I know he knows your heritage. And you'd say, oh, I have broken this and broken that and broken, broken down, whatever. And he is the repairer of the breach. He's the, one who break, he's the one who brings broken things into wholeness and he redeems and he restores and he has great things for your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. We pray that you would convince us that you have great things to do in our lives. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen, amen and amen and amen. Uh, the new series that we're in, I'll just, I just give you a couple of things that we're doing here. We're called to do greater things today. Next week, how to speak up in the midst of the cancel culture. How much do we need that? How to speak up in the midst of the cancel culture. Then uh, what moms have to say will shift the culture for Mother's Day. And then how to live with, courageous, with courage in times like these. We all need it. How to interpret, uh, not interpret, but how to intercept the indoctrination of our children. Is that going on in our nation or what? The indoctrination. We need to get in there and intercept that uh, flow. And then lastly, what it takes to change a mind. Back to today and greater things. Here's what the scripture says about the vision. The vision. This is the vision of the Crossing Church. And we believe that God has called us to do greater things. To help people belong, believe, and become. Here's what it says. Habakkuk 2. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, speak it from a platform, say it, write it, do it, entrench it so that he may run who reads it. Here's the reason why. I want to release today the vision of the crossing so that you might understand that God has a place for you in this world that is greater than any place that you could ever imagine you are right now. Maybe you're in a good place right now, that's fantastic, but God has a better place for you. Come on, amen. He has a better place for you. Habakkuk, make it plain so that those who read it may run. Three, for still the vision awaits an appointed time and it hastens to the end and it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Everybody say wait. wait. The worst word you could ever say to God. As we don't want to wait, do we? we? We don't want to hear no or pause or wait. 17, this Easter was 17 years here at the crossing for me and my wife. And... Um, Hallelujah. 
Seven, 17 years of seeing, and God's doing things in 2022 that just, he's promised 17 years ago. He really, he really is. If it seems slow, wait for it. I will surely come and I will not delay. So a little bit about what greater things are. We want to define them in John 5, 19. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. So if you want to do great things for God, the principle is to just pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Just pray and look, look, just look around you for what God's already doing. One of the worst things we can do is try to make up doing things for God. What God wants us to do is to do things from God. And so all around you, everywhere you go, even on I-4, God's working. And some of you are like, mm-mm, the devil's working on I-4. You know, I-4 is the most dangerous highway. It's the most dangerous highway in the United States. It really is. But even in the midst, in the midst of I-4, God is at work. And if you'll listen, he'll show you where he's at work, and then you can join him. Principle number one. Hallelujah. All right. Some of you are like, oh, I can't join him on I-4. You can. Next scripture, John 5, 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Jesus is speaking about signs and wonders and healing. And I believe it's for every person of every denomination, every creed color, every nation, every gender, every person who comes to Jesus, who comes to Jesus to experience watching signs and wonders come from them. Amen? come from them. And I know that we cross a lot of denominational boundaries and I know that can be a little controversial, but I want to tell you, Jesus, no one who is here ever does a miracle. Just turn to your partner, just turn to somebody who's with you and say, you'll never do a miracle. Come on, tell them, you'll never do a miracle. But just say, and then, and then turn to the person that you just turned to and say, but Jesus will do them through you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. He'll do them through you. And so you have to get out of the way in order for him to do what he does. For order for him to do what he does. John 5, 21 and 22. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the son. We say me. me. You get to partake in the resurrection of Jesus. You get to partake in the resurrection of Jesus. And so signs and wonders are great. And you can see somebody get healed. You could see blind eyes open. But a greater thing than that is watching somebody get saved and come into the resurrection of Jesus and go into eternity with them. Come on, church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can get, you can get healed of blind eyes and stay blind going into eternity and miss heaven. Everybody with me? So what's the greater work to be healed of blind eyes or to be saved? Everybody say saved. Saved. And you get to be a partner with the church, with the gospel, and seeing people come to faith in Jesus who is Christ. That's the resurrection. It's a greater work. John 14, 12. This is the banner scripture for our vision. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to the Father. When Jesus went to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we do greater works than Jesus. You'd say, how in the world are we supposed to do greater works than Jesus? Well, here's a couple things. 
Jesus only preached in Palestine, a place that was smaller than Maine, you know, a very, very small place. That's the only place he ever preached. But I want to tell you, today, you can get on your computer and you can log on with a person in China and then you can translate your English language. If you know Mandarin Chinese, God bless you, we love you can translate your English language and you can have a conversation with somebody who is in China and lead them to Jesus today. That's a greater work than Jesus did then. Do you get it? He was limited to Palestine. We're not limited to anything anymore. A greater work. God's called you to do a greater work. A greater work. Duration. He preached for three and a half years. Only three and a half years. Jesus preached. And some of you are like, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, three and a half years was this pretty powerful message for three and a half years, right? Pretty powerful. Changed everything for all time. And, and for 2,000 years in us, the gospel message has gone forward. 2,000 years. There, that's a greater work. The next one. Submission. Submission means the whole of all the parts Jesus gave to his disciples the ability to preach the gospel. Peter stood up at Pentecost, and when he did, a fisherman, a fisherman who didn't know anything about the gospel, he was not trained. Come on, somebody, say not trained. Not trained. He was not trained at all. He didn't go to seminary or cemetery, whatever you want to call it. And he preached the gospel, and 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people got saved. Can you imagine you holding a mic and speaking and 3,000 people getting saved? Say, mm-mm. Peter couldn't either. Peter couldn't either. 3,000 people. He took the mic, and there wasn't a mic. It was an amphitheater, by the way. You know that, right? He got on his Instagram, and Peter preached, and it's greater things than Jesus ever did. 3,000 people trusted in Christ as Savior. Greater, 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 greater. Everybody say greater. 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 Say, I'm able. I'm you able. are able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within you. According to the power that's at work with you. The last one is spirit. One little person here at Tampa is sad. We love families here, don't we? Come on, church. We love families. The last one about the Spirit is just the salvation that we have and then the Spirit's empowerment for all of us to do what we could never do before. When I was uh, younger, I was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, you know, and I kid and I said I had all of the letters. I had R2D2, I had C3PO. Some of you don't even know what I'm referencing. God bless you. May the force be with you. I had, I had all the letters and I was really motivated. I, I really wanted to do well in school. And, um, and so it was challenging. I learned by eighth grade, I learned how to study three hours a night. And I was just determined I wanted to make a 4.0. Some of you, you know, you slept in class and you made a 4.0. We love you, but we hate you too. <laughs> we hate you at the same time because you're awesome. Um, but you know, motivation is a big part of what we do, isn't it? Yes. Motivation, learning the basics and the skills and what we're supposed to do. And then I trusted Jesus when I was a junior in college. And in college, you know, I, had, I, played, a little, I played some football in college and my life just turned upside down. And when my life turned upside down, I cried out to Jesus and I said, if you're real, I need to know, I need to know right now. And he so radically changed my life. I, I just, I can't tell you how radically, and I mean overnight. I don't mean like it was a long process. I woke up the next morning and I, I had radical changes in my life and just immediate changes. 
and I, I started going to class and all of a sudden things that were really, really challenging that took me a whole bunch of time didn't take me as much time and weren't as challenging anymore. And right away after receiving Christ the Savior, I started making a 4.0 and I made a 4.0 all the way through my scholastic career just because the Holy Spirit was with me. Come on, you can clap for that. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Now listen, making a 4.0 doesn't matter that much unless you desire to make a 4.0. Are you with me? Okay, so it's not, it's, what I'm talking about is the Spirit's empowerment. We know of stories where somebody who has never touched a drum set, you know, and, and this happens in smaller churches in particular, it's say, uh, the drummer is sick today and hand somebody a pair of drums. So I've never played drums before. They go, you're up. <laughs> and a story of a friend who was on staff before, he, he was musical already. And so when we think about these things, I had been studying for a long time. I had learned how to learn. But it was a quickening of the Holy Spirit that did something that was supernatural that I couldn't do. The gentleman that I'm speaking of had, was musical. He, would, he had sang before, but he had never played drums before. And then he sits down, the Holy Spirit quickens him, say quicken. The Holy Spirit just quickens him and all of a sudden he can play drums, you know what I mean? And now he can play drums forever. He can just play drums and he's amazing at it and he can sing and everything else. God is so good. God is so good. Amen? So, so listen, don't limit God in what he can do right here, right now. Right, like right here, right now. Don't limit God. So what does it mean to do greater things? It means to see people come into salvation and it's to see the restoration of all things, to see God restoring things all around us. Salvation, we believe that God has called us to 20,000 people, to see 20,000 people come into the kingdom and 15 campuses in the next 15 years. 20,000 people and 15 campuses over the next 15 years. You can clap for that, that's awesome. Plant City, South Shore, you're one of many. You're one of many. God has called us to, to lead people to belong, believe, and become, and wherever you are, wherever you have been, whatever your race, creed, color, denomination, your language, whatever it is, you are welcome. You belong here at the crossing. You belong here. And so, and so we hear this all the time. We hear people say, man, this is the most loving church. It is so fun as a pastor to hear people say that you're loving people because love is the number one command, isn't it? It's the number one thing. It's the thing that people need most. I, I uh, you know, me and the elders and every other person that sets vision, we're really, really happy when somebody comes in and no matter what, whether you're up and out, you're down and out, you're in and out, whatever it looks like, if you have tats, no tats, if you have hair, you have no hair, if you're wide or you're skinny, come on somebody, you're accepted. You're in a place where you belong, where you're, you're with other people. You're with other people who love you no matter what, no matter what. And when we belong, it sets the table for us to believe. And when we believe, then the Holy Spirit falls on us as individuals and it moves us into, everybody say becoming. Becoming who God created you to be. And that's what we wanna see here at the crossing. We would love for every person to share their faith. And, and so there's some slides up here and I wanna challenge you this week to share your, to take one step. Everybody say one step. One step in sharing your faith, just one. Just take a step in sharing your faith. We know that it's a little bit intimidating. Uh, lots of you are partnering with other people and you're bringing people to church and, and we love that, you know what I mean? You catch them, we'll hook them, God will clean them. 
Some of you are still getting that. It's a little fishing reference. It's okay. You bring people to church, we'll partner together and we'll see the gospel uh, manifested. We'll see people come to salvation. So there are three slides that are there. I want you to go right to the QR code and you can, you can take your phone out, scan that QR code, it'll go right to the notes and it'll give you some instruction about sharing your faith. Just a little bit of, you know, how do I do this? What do I do? How do I approach it? Very, very simply in prayer, just saying, God, I want to be a person that sees other people come into faith in Jesus. And then restoration, salvation and restoration, greater things, greater things. So we've mentioned the seven mountains. We're not gonna put the picture up today. I wanna give you an update on some cool things that are happening. We're getting together with 50 other churches on Pentecost weekend. It's coming in June. And uh, so we will not be gathering in person at the crossing on Sunday, June 5th, all right? We will go, we're going to a thing called To Gather, and we're going to Steinbrenner Field. You're gonna see that up there. And in Steinbrenner, there's gonna be a little uh, a stage that's there, it'll kind of be a big stage. And then there's gonna be worship, there's gonna be 50 churches and hopefully three to 5,000 people gathering together. There's gonna be no preaching, there's gonna be no teaching, but there is gonna be the visitation of the Holy Spirit. So, so we're, everyone in those 50 churches aren't going to their church that morning because we're going to the Big C Church. And when the Big C Church gets together, that's when marriages change. When the Big C Church gets together, and by the way, on that, on that day, don't wear your crossing gear. We know that you love the crossing, we know you do. But we're not the crossing on that day, we're the Church of Tampa Bay. We're the Church of Tampa Bay. <laughs> There are things for your kids and we're, we're gonna pray and worship. There's different bands from different churches that, that are coming and, and so it's gonna, it's gonna be beautiful. And the one thing that we wanna hear in the city of Tampa Bay is that churches do their thing and they have their own sort of particulars and all that stuff. But on the day of Pentecost in Tampa, Florida, churches get together to pull down heaven. That's where God, that's where we pull down heaven and see God do great things. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right, so the last slide there is Pentecost Sunday, June 5th. No, everybody say no. No in-person service, say no. Okay, no in-person service that day. We're gonna be streaming from there. We wanna invite all of you to come out to Steinbrenner Field. And we believe that this year we're gonna, you know, maybe a third or a quarter of Steinbrenner and then next year more Steinbrenner and then the year after that more Steinbrenner and until we overflow Steinbrenner. And then one day, we're gonna all, the city of Tampa Bay, the church of Tampa Bay is gonna go into the Buck Stadium and have services. And I believe prophetically on the day when we go into the Buck Stadium that they're gonna be the city officials that kneel down and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. There's a great deal of unity in Psalm 133, God says that there's unity. In unity, God commands his blessing. And when God commands his blessing, when he pulls it down, the images of Aaron, who is the priest, and when God pulls down that blessing, when he says, I'm releasing my blessing, then things change. Things change. Marriages change. Homes change. Children change. School boards change. Those who officiate the city change. They change. And one day, I believe, I believe it one day soon, 
that we will see in the state of Florida, and we're gonna start right here, the adoption agencies, all of them would turn over to faith-based organizations, and all of the children who are adopted right now would be in faith-based uh, homes, some, someplace, somewhere. Now, you guys would say, you guys would say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's been, that's kind of a vision. I've, I've heard that some years ago. There's a gentleman on our staff now who did it. He actually did it where he was in his state. He did it years ago where 70% of the adoptive agencies were faith-based and he was the one who initiated the whole thing. He's here. He's ready. We're planning. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. I, I want to read you a little stat, just, just, just talking about what God is doing and the grace that he's manifesting in us and, and through your work and your effort. Um, so for the first time in, this, in the history of the state of Florida, voters are registering in droves, and I mean in droves and droves and droves and droves, to protect our children's education and their biological identity. First time. There, there's a... Look, the enemy overplays his hand, doesn't he? He always overplays his hand because he, he's so grandiose. He's got, a, he's got a grandstand. And when he does, finally, moms and dads and regular people say, that's enough. Look, look, look that's enough. I'm, I'm, there's, there's, just, there's more than we can stand right now. And so we're going to protect our children. We are. And just, and, and, and region by region, the state of Florida is just turning over. I, I just, God's doing something very, very special. He really is doing something very, very, very special. And so there is the commanded blessing, and, and I'll, I'll end talking about this section in the commanded blessing like this. When God commands the blessing, when he commands it, then you will see change happen. And we've, we've talked about change for so long, you know what I mean? The church talks about change, but you'll see actually systemic. You know that word systemic? Systemic means throughout the whole body you'll see systemic change happen in the city in, the, in Tampa, Florida. You're gonna, you'll see it. You'll, you'll see it in Plant City. You're going to see it in Ruskin. You're going to see it in the city of Tampa. You're going to see it. And when that happens, things like, you know, when you drive down Highway 60, if you're brand new here, the city of Tampa is awesome. It's Champa Bay, y'all. It's, it's, it's incredible. But we also are number one in some other things that are not so glorious. We're number one in the nation for the, for the adult entertainment industry. Number one, per capita. That means there's more brothels here, and brothels kind of an old term. There are more strip clubs here per number of people than any other city in the United States. Numero uno. And when God comes and when the church gets together and when we see people come into salvation and, when, and then once salvation comes, then restoration comes. And when restoration comes, all, let's just claim all, all of those places close. They all close. And you'd say, man, I, I, so, so listen, I hope, I, I really do. I hope that everyone who's involved in that industry, the whole industry, they come to faith in Jesus. That's what we're asking for. And I, and I wanna say to you across all of our campuses, when they come here, don't act weird. I mean, you might have to go like this for a minute. Don't act weird. Don't act weird. When people come that don't look like you, don't act weird. They need Jesus. 
They need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We, we all need Jesus. We need the Lord. And we need God to do something amazing in salvation that brings restoration, don't we? God, I want you to say this with me and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a story to close. God has called me. Thank you for being so enthusiastic today. It's amazing. I mean, you guys are in power mode. Say, God has called me to do greater things. Come on, don't you, don't you. I bind in the name of Jesus anything that was binding you. I, 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 we disavow everything that you think is a disadvantage. We disavow, we disavow, we disown everything that you think is a disadvantage. And don't tell God you're too busy. He will make you busy. Okay, if you tell God you're too busy, God's like, oh, you don't know what busy is. I'm gonna make you busy. God, don't tell God you're too busy. Today is saying yes to God. Today is just saying yes to God. And, I, and I'll close like this. Sidney Weinberg was born in 1891. I know we, we think like, well, that was forever ago. Not, not too long. 1891, he was one of 11 children in a Jewish immigrant family. <laughs> amazing. Our nation is amazing. He grew up in Manhattan, New York, where his family ran a liquor store. Sidney's academic career was disastrous as he dropped out of middle school at a young age of 13. No more school after 13. He had seemingly had no shot of making any sort of impact in the world. After dropping out of middle school, Weinberg found various odd jobs to occupy his time, including delivering newspapers. How many of you delivered newspapers? I did. What's up? Do you remember? 4.30 in the morning? You should only get up at 4.30 to go fishing. 4.30 in the morning, delivering newspapers, man. I wanted some Nike shoes, y'all. You remember? Man, I, just, I, wanted, to, I wanted to work. And so including delivering newspapers and shucking oysters. That's something I, I, I uh, shucking oysters. Okay. Miraculously, Weinberg eventually landed a job at the prestigious investment banking enterprise, Goldman Sachs. And so obviously somebody knew somebody. It's all about who you know. It's always about somebody that you know. His position, watch this, was a janitor's assistant. <laughs> the lowest of the lows. The job paid $3 a week. <laughs> Woo! Everybody who's under 20, let me say it again. $3 a week, and his duties involved cleaning the firm's partner's shoes and brushing their hats. Despite his laughably frivolous job title, Weinberg worked hard. Everybody say hard work. Hard work. Come on. Hard work. We need it. He worked hard. Day in and day out, his diligence paid off when Paul J. Sachs, the firm's founder, big organization, took note of Sidney's work ethic. Come on, everybody. It's time to put a little, it's time to make, beat some feet, isn't it? Come on, it's time to beat some feet. Come on. It doesn't matter what you're doing, it matters how much you give to what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your title is, it matters how hard you're working in your title. If you wanna be promoted, then be promotable. Sydney's work ethic and promoted him to the mail room. Woo, we're getting somewhere. We're getting to the mail room now. Sachs saw great potential in Weinberg. Somebody who already had a position saw something in somebody who didn't have a position. And I want you to know, someone who has a position sees something in someone who doesn't have a position yet. You can do greater things. 
And it was there that he learned the fundamentals. So, so listen, Sachs sent him, he saw potential in him, he sent him to Brooklyn Brown's business college. Now we're getting somewhere, y'all. And so he sent him, he paid for it. It was there that he learned the fundamentals and the strategies of economics and financial investing. Weinberg returned to Goldman Sachs in 1925 to work as a securities trader and was awarded a seat on the New York Stock Exchange. Two years later, he became the official partner and helped run the investment trust Goldman Sachs Trading Corp. This company division was decimated during the Great Depression. Some of you remember that. Some of you are close enough to those around you to remember that. And the market value of the trading branch dropped from what's this? this is hilarious. 500 million to a pedestrian, 10 million. Now that's a long fall. 500 million to 10 million. At this, watch this, at this critical point in 1930, Weinberg was elevated to lead the firm as its CEO and saved it from bankruptcy. Come on now, you gotta give it up for that. Drop out. Everybody say drop out. Drop out. Janitor. Janitor. Woo. To CEO. Fortune 500 company. And so I want to end, I want to end like this. Maybe, maybe you've said to God for a long, long time, yeah, I can't, yeah, I won't, I, I can't do this. And, and all, all God wants to do is for you to say yes. That's all he wants to do. God literally just wants you to say yes to him. Just say yes and then work hard. Just say, God, I, my, my yes to you is, I'm not gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna tell you where I'm gonna do. You, you can't say that to God. God, you just say, God, I'm saying yes to you and whatever you lead me to do and wherever you lead me to go, my yes means I will work as hard as I possibly can work and I'm gonna let you do the rest. Because God, you're able to do greater things. Come on, say it with me. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine according to the power that's at work in me. Come on. Come on, exceedingly and abundantly. And today we wanna to receive him as savior. Would you, would you bow your heads with me? Across all of our campuses, if you're at home, we're, just, we're taking a moment right here to just say Jesus is Lord and, and just to confess that he is savior and to say to him, he can do anything. So every voice right here together, would you say, Lord Jesus, today. I give you my life. I give you my whole life. I know that I've sinned and I turn it over to you. Come live in me. Come change me. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. Don't forget, you can watch all of our messages on demand and catch our live broadcasts when you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. We hope to worship with you in person at one of our three locations in the Tampa area this weekend. For all times and locations, visit our website at wearecrossing.com.